You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast on this Friday. My name is JJ Jackson, and it is so great to have you here with us for today's program. On our show today, Donald Wine II of the Duke Basketball Report joins our show. Jason Evans has been a good friend of ours over at DBR, so able to connect with Donald Wine for the first time. We learn about his background. We talk Krzyzewskiville and tenting over the years. Really good conversation, and that's coming up on today's program. As I said, my name is JJ Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast, as you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, it's going to be a good one. Myself and Donald Wine, we start our conversation right after this here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The MLB trade deadline is approaching, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website sign up today and you receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n again a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs bet online your online sportsbook experts Today, I'm super excited to bring on a guest, a first-time guest here on the podcast. It's Donald Wine II from Duke Basketball Report. Jason Evans has been on the program multiple times, and I said, you know what? we got to get Donald on the program. So he joins us for the first time here on the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. Donald, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I've, I've long talked about the, the work that you guys do at DBR covering Duke and, and your ties back to the school. You went to Duke University yourself. Before we get into the jump, before we talk hoops or anything like that, kind of give my listeners an overview of your background, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you mentioned, I am a graduate of Duke University, graduated in 2004. When I was there, I was on the football team as a video assistant. So I did that for three seasons back when we didn't have a lot of video that was worth looking at, but I had to look at a lot of it. Uh, But I also was in the basketball world as a line monitor and then the headline monitor. For those who did not go to Duke, basically I was in charge of Krzyzewskiville. I was the mayor, so to speak, uh, for a year, which was uh, one of the highlights of my life to be able to do that. Uh, I missed one basketball game in my four years there. Um, And it was because my brother was there and I could not get tickets to the game, which happened to be the night that Shane Battier's jersey was retired. I went to high school with Shane. So it was absolutely uh, one of those things where I was like, okay, my brother, uh, you know, I love you that I will not go to this game and forego (laughs) this game to stay here and watch with you. But that is the only game I've missed in four years uh, there. And, And since then, obviously, I've remained close to the university. I live in Washington, D.C., I'm able to get back for a lot of football and basketball games, uh, at least one or two a year uh, for basketball and football. So uh, really have tied 
you know, those ties to the university, active with the Alumni Association as well, both here and when I was in school. I went to law school in Miami, so uh, still have that ACC connection as well. When I joined them uh, or went to school there, they had just joined the ACC. So I had uh, naturally uh, uh, developed two ACC teams overnight. But uh, Duke is my heart. Duke is my passion. And uh, of course, naturally, I, I do a lot of writing and uh, blogging for Duke Basketball Report, as well as the podcast. Where is your career taking you professionally, Donald? And, and then give our listeners an idea of, you mentioned the work you do with DBR. How did you first get connected to Duke Basketball Report? Well, this, the work I do outside of DBR is I'm an attorney by trade. Uh, so I do that uh, naturally being DC. There's a bunch of us, so <laughs> I won't bore you with those details. But I also blog. Uh, I, I blog for DBR. I am the manager on the soccer side. I, I do a lot in soccer. Okay. Uh, so I manage uh, Stars and Stripes FC, which covers the U.S. national teams. And also write for Black and Red United, which is the DC United blog for SB Nation. On top of that, I uh, am on the national board for the American Outlaws, which is the largest supporters group for the U.S. national team. So I travel all the world for soccer uh, and basketball as well, which is actually, you know, it's great. It combines my two passions, sports and travel uh, very, very well. But with DBR, I started really reading it back in 2000 when I went to college. Uh, I did not grow up a Duke fan. I grew up a Michigan fan. I grew up outside Detroit. Grew up going to Michigan Wolverine games uh, and really started following Duke when, uh, of course, when Shane Battier went there. He was one of my friends from high school, one of the first people I met in high school. And following that, I got into DBR because they were one of the first sites on on the Internet uh, that was covering Duke basketball and really was able to bring my knowledge up to speed very quickly by just interacting with them every day. I became a moderator in like 2008 or so. And in 2014 is when we started the podcast and it was very simple. We didn't find a Duke podcast on there. And Sam Klein, our third, our third uh, co-host said, Hey, are there any Duke basketball podcasts? And I said, no, let's start one. And Jason said, cool, I'm in. And there you have it. The, the, the trifecta was complete. So that's, it really didn't take a lot to start it. It just took, you know, three guys with a vision uh, to really just talk about the game and we've become great friends out of it. So it's been great. The blogging community is so interesting for so many, and it gives us great information about the teams. And also uh, from the fans' perspective, it's a lot of back and forth, but you also just get really good information. You're uh, able to be a part of these credentialed media press conferences and, and that sort of thing with your work there. Is it You mentioned the soccer connections. You've also got there at sort of the mothership in SB Nation was it just uh, the Duke connection leading you into those opportunities? And was it simply just being a part of forums and message boards and that sort of thing that you started to get your connections or really how did you work your way up? Honestly, I was writing on my own. I had my own blog that I was doing on in my spare time and really just writing because I really enjoy writing. And, and when you're a lawyer, you have to write all the time. Uh, it's <laughs> very boring writing. So I wanted to tap into the creative side and also just write about stuff that I really enjoy doing. And, and soccer was an easy outlet because again, there wasn't a lot of soccer outlets back in 2007, 2008. There was just fans kind of talking about the game in person and on, on message boards. So I decided to do that. People liked what I was writing. And all of a sudden one day, one of my friends said, Hey, I want you to write for my site. It, it was that simple, uh, you know, doing a couple here and there and then just kind of building from there. But I think when it comes to, and especially for Duke, like the passion is always there and you kind of have to cut through that a little bit because everyone has passion, right? But how do you articulate it in a way that people want to A, read it and B, want to read more of it? 
Uh, and so that was kind of the idea. And with the podcast, just like you've experienced, you have to have an angle where people say, yeah, okay, all these guys are fans. They're fans of the game. But how, what angle is it that resonates with your listeners? And I think that's where all of these can have their own spaces is that the coaches can talk about something, you know, DBR can talk about something, Locked On can talk about something and talk about the same thing in three different ways and people will resonate with them in three different ways. And then they're also able to connect with one another and it makes good content. Exactly. Content is king, as we've learned uh, here in, in sort of the society. So uh, Donald Wine again from the Duke Basketball Report is joining us here on the program today and uh, talking a little bit more about your years at Duke a 2004 graduate. You mentioned being a line monitor as well. I want to kind of peel back the curtains into that Mm -hmm. a little bit because from the national perspective, Donald, so often they talk about Krzyzewskiville. So often ESPN does quick promo cuts and the live scene shots that they show at the beginning is the chaos of Krzyzewskiville. But there's really no one documenting what it takes to be a part of that and just the process. So if you will kind of walk us through that. Well, the process has changed quite a bit over the years, obviously. Uh, But when I was there, basically it started the day after Christmas would be someone who was probably local, lived in North Carolina or decided not to go home for uh, Christmas break would set up a tent in Kayville. And they would tell the headline monitor that the, you know, December 26th, I get a phone call and uh, I have my house phone. I don't know how they got my house phone because we didn't have <laughs> like I had one cell phone back then. Uh, and, and they were like, hey, we're tent one. And I go, great. I'll see you on January 4th when I come back to campus. So it was that simple. And it was very it, it's evolved over the years where it was a, you know, a, a, a process where it started out very organic. Someone would show up. Someone meant, oh, man, there's a tent out there. We got to get out there, too. And then all of a sudden you'd have like 10 or 12 tents. Then when we got back to school and school started, it became a more structured event where we had dates and deadlines and we would do 10 checks where we'd make sure people were staying in line because what people don't realize is you have to have at least one or two people in your tent the entire time from December 26th to whenever that UNC game was, there was someone in tent one ev- all, at all hours because literally we've done, I would do 10 checks at 11 a.m., I would do checks at four in the morning, whatever that was, just to make sure that people weren't skirting the rules and and just making it a fair process for everyone. About a week and a half before the game, it becomes a free for all in the sense that we have one designated location. We release it at a certain time. And the first people that come to sign up get on the list and you fill out to a hundred tents. And then you even have, we even had a wait list of tents. We had a wait list of about 30 tents. So there was people who were just, on the wait list to try to tent just to be a part of that experience. But the main avenue, the main thing about Kville is that it was so much fun to be a part of. And that's why everyone would be a part of it. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. No one would do it. Right. And is the, yes, the end game was to get into the UNC game, but it had to be fun to do it. And so my job was to make it where it was as entertaining as possible and as fun as possible to make people want it to be there because for a month and a half, it was the center of social life on campus. That's where everyone wanted to be. Everyone was talking about the game. It was the great way to be, make new friends. And it was just the life that was it for a school that is one of the top 10 schools university where you pay $40,000 a year to go for two months. People were saying, Hey, I know I just paid, you know, whatever, 8,000, whatever it was for room and board, but I'm living in a tent <laughs> outside my, outside our, our local gym, because I love Duke basketball that much. And that's a, a unique thing to see. 
It is. I mean, it's just it's crazy to hear all the stories and just to sit there. And th- December 26th and the weather conditions that you're dealing <laughs> with that time of year. I mean, it's absolutely wild. Looking back on it, uh, now here we are, you know, 15, 20 years after the fact. Do you have moments, Donald, where you're ever like, I kind of miss tent life right now or no? Every every day, like <laughs> literally every year when I go back to school, I make I make sure I get enough time to kind of walk through cable. I even will sometimes talk to some of the tents, talk to the you know, line monitors that are current and say, hey, I'm a I'm I'm an old guy. Now I can now say I'm an old guy now uh, <laughs> compared to the, the kids that are in school, because these kids that are in school now were born when I was in college, which still boggles my mind. But it, it, it's one of those things where you still have that connection, right? I, I have friends that are kids that have graduated who were line monitor themselves and they would send me an email or they would say, Hey, I just want to pick your brain about how you did things. Right. And when I come back, I like to say hi to them and ask them how things are going to kind of get the perspective of the, of the younger student and how it's, how it's going now compared to what it was back then. It's terrific to have that uh, camaraderie to, to have that for, uh, for lack of a better word, fraternity of people that you can rely on or you can count on that are just as passionate as you are. And they're expressing it in the same way that you did. And it takes you back every single time to when you were in student. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, celebrate the freedom of choice with all of their amazing flavors. Did you know that they had so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, then you're missing out. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. That's just to name a few. You know what my favorite flavor is? Well, it's definitely cookies and cream. It's so good. It's healthy, covered in 100% chocolate, and yet I've got so much energy after eating it. That is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Wow, that's awesome. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Order today and you got to try the new flavor. It's Grasshopper Cookie. It's a really good one or just order whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. Isn't that great? Getting ready for some Olympics, track and field events and that sort of thing. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. D15 for 15% off your next order. To sort of transition out of our, our tent talk that we're having here right now on the uh, Locked On Blue Devils podcast. That's a good podcast name for Duke fans out there. Tent <laughs> talk uh, in Shashevskyville. You might need to trademark that. Uh, Donald, so as you look, as you look at uh, this upcoming season, and, and obviously there are so many still unknowns in this pandemic that we're all trying to navigate and that sort of thing. But, but truly, how much does the Duke community, Duke University, Duke men's basketball, Duke basketball fans across the world miss a packed-out Cameron Indoor Stadium? I think everyone does. And I think is no more evident than last season. Uh, I, I think there is times where I, I know I've talked about this with my friends, like you know, some of my best friends in the world went to school with me, lived down the street, and we talk basketball all the time. And we would always talk about, those close games that we had that ended up being losses. And we would go, if that is a Pat Cameron, we don't lose that game. We're winning by 10 running away. Right. Because that passion was there in the one place, the one thing that's so unique about Cameron that everyone who's been there knows 
is that the players feed off of that more than any other player in any other sport at any other stadium. You, anyone else can argue this, but it, there's really, it, it, it's scientifically proven almost it, in Vegas. They actually have a number bump. If the game is in Cameron, that is unlike a bump for any other team when they're at home, it's, it's just documented. So when it comes to that, they clearly missed that last year. And I'm so glad that they're going to be able to experience that this year. We need to, everybody needs to calm down and make sure that we're, you know, stay sure. safe out there to make this happen. But if we can have a packed Cameron for all these games, there's so many of these games where those two point losses become five point victories. And when you have more of those, that means we're going to be a top 10, top five team entering the tournament. And we're going to have that juice every single time we hit the court, which is what we all look forward to. Look, I, I love Duke basketball players. You love Duke basketball players. Our, our favorite thing to watch oftentimes is the players themselves embodying mm-hmm. the energy and, and just the swag that kind of goes with it, the dancing, everything. Someone like DJ Stewart this past year, the fact that his personality did not get to mesh with the Cameron crazies is something that I'm always going to kind of miss and be you know, what, mm-hmm. what if someone like him could have been a part of that? Because even the players themselves, you know, their play style, their energy, their swagger kind of elevates when they've got the fans behind them. And vice versa. I, I give a great story. I went back to campus. This was 2012, 2013. Okay. And it was, they were about to introduce our team. I'm sitting in the student section right across from the Duke bench. And the first person that comes out is Josh Harrison, right? Uh-huh. Josh Harrison, very passionate on the floor, off the court. He ran onto the floor to get ready for the intros. And he just looked straight into the dead of our eyes, stone cold face and just goes, they ain't ready. And, and referring to the other team. And everyone just lost it because at that point he, they knew that he was ready and they knew that he was intense and he was passionate and he had that energy, he had that mojo ready. And Cameron knew that they had to match him and they knew the only way to match him was just oh, absolutely bonkers. And so even that, the, 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 the relationship between the team and the fans, especially the students that line the court is very important. And that's what was missing last year. And that's what we're all hoping is going to be the case this year where I can't wait for Paulo Bancaro to come out and just look at the Cameron crazies going nuts. And he's just like, Oh yeah, it's on. And then when we see that we just go even more nuts, it's that sort of relationship. That's what elevates the, 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 the aura of Cameron. And that's what makes it where all these other teams, when they walk in, they realize that the game has been lost before they even step on the court. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. That's an incredible little story there from uh, Josh Hairston. I like that. So uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Duke basketball, obviously, Donald. And here we are, middle of August 2021. Has it sunk in that this is it for Coach K? No. And I don't think it will uh, until, it, uh, until it's over. But it's definitely something where we, we the realization has set in. It may not have sunk in, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready for this season to happen for him. I know he doesn't want this to be about him. He's that type of guy, but it's going to be about him because everything that all these players do, all these fans do is going to be with that in mind. We, after 42 years at Duke, we don't want him to just retire. We want him to retire what he is the greatest coach that ever lives and walking out of there, a champion with a sixth banner. That's what everyone wants. That's the goal. Falling short of that 
is going to be disappointing in a way, not because of the team and, and how it's built, but because of the moment. And we want him to have that moment to be perfect. And so I think that's what we're all ready for is to go through the season and, and approach it with the opportunities. I, I have, a, you know, my best friends have a kid. He's two years old. He's my godson. And before this happened, we were saying, yeah, we got to get him down to Cameron. Now there is no doubt in my mind. The one thing that I'm pushing for this year is to find four tickets so that we can get him a chance to see coach K before he retires. That's what everyone's in this position. So I think that's what the mentality is. Everyone wants to be a part of something special and we want the season to be the most special season in the history of Duke basketball. And we're all willing to fight for it. I think we're all ready to fight for it. So, I mean, ever since 2015 sites have been set on six and they're certainly 2020 vision um, trying to chase Mm -hmm. down that that six national championship because uh, you know, coach K so often, I mean, over and over and over again, here we are going into his 42nd year. And I think if you go all the way back to, to year one at Duke, it's always been this team's journey, this team's journey, this team's journey. It's never collectively what he's been able to accomplish. But I think for the first time ever, this freshman class, the, the leaders like a, a Wendell Moore and a Joey Baker who have been around the block a time or two for Duke, want it to be sort of Coach K's journey this year, no? Yeah, absolutely. And, they, and they've talked about that. You could kind of hear in their voices when they have <laughs> press conference that they're just kind of like, yeah, I know he told us it was – about our journey. And we're like, no, nah, no, we're, we're, we're dismissing that notion. Like, yes, it will be a part of it, but we're on, we're on this ride for one reason. And I think that is a great way to kind of approach it. And if everyone's on that same page, it means they're all locked in and you can kind of see through these early press conferences and in videos that we've seen that this team is locked in with that goal in mind. And it, it's really refreshing to see and it, to see so early, right? Because normally it takes time for a team gel. When that announcement happened, whether coach liked it or not, that team united behind one vision and one goal, and now everyone's willing to see it through. Donald Wine is joining us here from the Duke Basketball Report. We're getting ready for this 2021-2022 season for Duke Basketball. You look at the team going into the year, what, what do you see as, as sort of the, the strength of, of this basketball team? We have a lot of size compared to what we had last year or in, or in years past, right? We, I Very mean, true. <laughs> Wendell, Wendell Moore could be our starting point guard and he's six, six and, and he could be the shortest guy on the court if we really wanted to be. So I, I like that, that we have these options, but we also have guys. I think we have multiple guys that can handle the basketball. We have multiple guys that can dribble drive. We have multiple guys who should be able to shoot the ball We have multiple guys that can take power inside and create defense and create offense from that defense. So we have a really balanced team. Now the the idea is just, making it fit all together and, and making it where they're, they're backing each other up and getting better every single day, because this team that we're seeing now hopefully is, is the worst team that we see uh, this year. And every day they get a little bit better so that by March, they are a well-oiled machine ready to take on the rest of college basketball. So I'm really looking forward to that. And really the one question that I have that I'm really ready to see the answer to is the leadership. You know, we have a, we have some guys that have started to step up as leaders that we didn't see last year. And I think that's going to make all the difference. We have experience. We have youth. We have size. We have skill. We have a couple of bona fide stars. And now we just need a leader to tie it all together and make sure that this ship is always going in the right direction. And I think we have a couple of those guys, too. So I'm really excited about that. We're so used to over the years having the number one, number two, number three, a top three recruiting class 
always, right? And that, that's certainly mm-hmm. something that we hope continues with, with John Shire. And he's off to a, a great start with his first two commits in the class. But this year, the recruiting class, as you mentioned, Paula Bencaro, it's it's Paula Palo Palo, right? And so often the, the conversation kind of shifts away from AJ Griffin or even Trevor Keels. Like those freshmen, I'm just as excited to see them play. Absolutely. And AJ Griffin, again, He's a guy that's 6'6", that can shoot the ball, but also can dunk it in your face. And who doesn't like that, right? Who doesn't? And, and for an opposing team, you're like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you guard that? How you, how you scalp that, right? Like, we've already seen uh, a couple the, of the putback dunks in the scrimmage from from AJ mm-hmm. Griffin. Yeah, and, and Trevor Keels is is a massive dude for a point <laughs> guard or a shooting guard, whatever you want to call him, right? He can handle the ball, he can shoot the ball, and whoever he's guarding or, or whoever's trying to guard him is going to be two or three inches shorter than him. And he's going to look at them like I can pass over you. I can shoot over you. I can drive past you and I can outside you like those. That's a, that's a huge advantage. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do. And honestly, we even look at Jalen Blakes who can come in and spell one of these guys for sure. You have a, a loaded class and you have guys that are experienced and can handle the ball. That has been the downfall of, of, of Duke basketball the last couple of years when we've exited tournaments is because we can't take care of the basketball now we have guys who can handle the basketball. That's going to be a world of difference when it comes to attacking a defense and having a defense stand be on their back heel. And again, once you do that, you got them made. I can't wait. I'm so excited for basketball season. November 9th can't get here soon enough as uh, Duke will open up the season with Kentucky. And it's been Donald Wine, the second of uh, Duke Basketball Report, joining us here on the program. If you will, Go ahead and uh, before we get you out of here, again, far too kind with your time, plug the social media handles for people to, to find you, Donald, and then also kind of give us a rundown of, of what you might be working on and what's to come over at Duke Basketball Report. Yeah, well, coming up, I think, you know, football season's around the corner. And uh, as I mentioned, I, I worked in the football team. Sam also worked in the football team. Uh, so we're very excited about the season. It should be a better season, hopefully, than it was yeah. last year. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, so we'll have a preview probably next week about the football team and how they're going to do this season. Some of the guys that we need to look out for since we did have a lot of departures, but find us on social media at DBRSBN is the handle for Duke basketball report. My personal one is at blazing DW that's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, very active on Twitter. If you like soccer, I am super active on Twitter <laughs> and the soccer world uh, because of all I have to do over there as well. So uh, come find me, follow me, and uh, say hi next time you are at a soccer tailgate or on campus. Can't wait. Donald, we certainly do appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, JJ, thanks for having me. Thank you so, so much to Donald Wine II for joining me on the show. A just outstanding conversation with him. I thought that was 2004 He's working as a line monitor for the basketball games on the coach's film staff for Duke football and loves soccer the way he does. I mean, that's just a that's an all-around great dude. Follow him on Twitter at DW. He's covered Duke for many, many, many years, has a lot of good opinions about this Duke basketball team. The strength of this team absolutely is going to be the size on the inside between Mark Williams and Paolo Bancaro, so I certainly agreed with his point right there. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Again, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Any questions that you've got, tweet us or send us an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. I love to answer your questions on the Mailbag Monday edition of our show. 
Make sure you subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. That's going to do it for today's show. Big week next week coming up on the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. One week from today, I've got a pretty big guest. That's going to be a whole lot of fun to listen to. So without further ado, that's going to do it for our show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.